book of Psalms, the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, and specifically we will be there at Psalm 23, Psalm 23. Thankful for the man of sorrows who truly was acquainted with grief and bore our iniquities. Thankful this morning for his life that he gave on Calvary. We gather together here to truly celebrate and remember that and remember the third day he arose. Thank God for our Savior. Psalm 23 is where we'll be. Uh, We are... Continuing here in this portion of the Word of God as we study the names of God. And this specifically, we are looking at this title of Jehovah as the the Lord is my shepherd, which comes from the, the name of God, Jehovah Raha. And we are looking to the very characteristics that God Almighty shows towards us. And, and a heart that is the heart of a shepherd. How he looks after us as his sheep. And we talked about last week how he is the shepherd that saves. He gave his life for the sheep, it says in the Gospel of John. That's why a believer can confidently say, my shepherd. Aren't you grateful for the confidence, believer, this morning that today, without a doubt, you can say that Jesus, the King, is my shepherd. And so we talked about the blessings of having that security, that eternal security, knowing that we belong to him and he is responsible for us. And I'm glad that I am uh, under his watch care. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, this morning and maybe a couple more messages as we break this chapter up into a couple different sections. But I want to look specifically at how the shepherd gives watch care over the sheep. You know, David not only knew the vulnerability of the sheep, but he knew the responsibility of the shepherd. Notice with me in the Word of God, we're going to read just the first couple verses here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. With the Lord's help this morning, we're going to look specifically at that verse in verse number 2. You see, David grew up as a young shepherd boy, learned a lot about what it takes to be a faithful shepherd. And because he did fulfill his role as a faithful shepherd, God would give him uh, the place of a king, eventually the king of Israel, and would use him in a a glorious fashion uh, to to, uh, tell the world that there is a God who saves, a God who is above all other gods. But again, as we look at the experience of David, he's going to bring these uh, analogies, if you will. He is going to bring these parallels of the heart of a shepherd with Jehovah, who indeed is the great and good and chief shepherd. I believe this psalm is written later on in David's life as he personally experienced the shepherding care of Jehovah. Now, one who's studied the Bible uh, to some, some degree will understand quickly 
that David's life was not without a multitude of sundry trials that would exceed what most of us in this room have ever experienced. Through the pain of wars, moral failures, family dissolutions, and and seasons of major regret, David found great comfort in the unwavering presence of the Good Shepherd in his life. You see, as we look at this psalm, we see this psalm speaks of his experience of trusting in the benevolent and faithful watch care of Jehovah Ra'ah. Notice with me the characteristics of a loving shepherd, all of which are fulfilled perfectly by Jesus Christ over his sheep, as we think about this in context. And as we dive into the points here, before we do, can I just ask you to do this? Are you, at this very moment, trusting in the Good Shepherd? Everything that's in your life right now. No doubt I'm speaking to a group of people who are carrying burdens. Who are looking into the unknowns. In some way, everybody here is facing a situation where either we're going to trust that Jesus Christ is indeed a good and perfect shepherd or he's not. And I hope that we will all leave here knowing for a fact upon the word of God that he is indeed exactly who he says he is, the good and perfect shepherd. Notice with me, number one, he satisfies the sheep. That's the first point if you're taking notes. He satisfies the sheep. Look at verse 1. We noticed last week we talked about the Lord is my shepherd and how that becomes a reality by trusting in His salvation. But notice the second part of the verse. It is clear that it says here, I shall not want. What does he mean by that? It means he shall not lack. He shall not be without. You see, the shepherd is responsible for making sure sheep aren't lacking anything. Jesus is the one who supplies our every need. Question for you this morning. Do you feel in your heart at this moment that every single need you have is being met by the good shepherd? If in any way you or I, if we, if we in any way are doubting about whether my life is being fulfilled and whether my needs are being met, I want to draw your attention back to the fact that He is sufficient. The, the Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient to meet every single need. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hebrews 13.5 says this. Let your conversation or your conduct be without covetousness. Why? Because he says, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, the Lord Jesus, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. What that tells me, church, is that I don't have to covet anything in the sense of material gain or anything in that matter, because the very fact that Jesus has promised me that He is with me. He is with me. And He's saying, I am enough. 
So at this moment, you say, well, pastor, there's some things I'm lacking. There's some things, some needs that have not been met yet. Well, can I tell you at this moment in this season of your life, Jesus has got a message for you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, I'm enough. And whatever you need, it will be given to you. But in the meantime, if you don't see it as clearly as you would like, let the Lord, the shepherd of your life, be, be sufficient. Let Him be the clarity you're looking for. Let the fullness of His glory and His greatness and His grace and His kindness and His care be sufficient for you and me. I think about the old hymn, Satisfied is the title of it. One of the verses says, Well of water ever springing, bread of life so rich and free, untold wealth that never faileth, my Redeemer is to me. And the chorus goes on to say, Hallelujah! I have found Him, whom my soul so long has craved. Jesus satisfies my longings through His blood. I now am saved. That is where we try, that is where we find true satisfaction. Years ago, I just read, <clears throat> just read recently that uh, about a story years ago, uh, a man by the uh, name of Russell Conwell uh, told of an ancient Persian. Uh, this man's, this ancient Persian, uh, his man's name was Ali Hafid. He owned a very large farm that that had orchards and grain fields and, and gardens and was and he was a wealthy, contented man. One day, a wise man from the east told the farmer all about diamonds and how wealthy he would be if he owned a diamond mine. Ali Hafed went to bed that night a poor man, poor because he was discontented. Craving a mine of diamonds, he sold his farm to search for the rare stones. He traveled all over the world, finally becoming so poor, broken and defeated that he committed suicide. One day, the man who purchased Ali Hafed's farm led his camel into the garden to drink. As his camel put its nose into the brook, the man saw a flash of light from the sands of the stream. He pulled out a stone that reflected all the hues of a rainbow. The man had discovered the diamond mine of Golconda, the most magnificent mine in all of history. Had Ali Hafed remained at home and dug in his own garden, he would have had acres of diamonds instead of experiencing death in a strange land. The more we want from a human perspective, the less we have. And my friends, what God has given us is a limitless and boundless store of His riches of grace. That He is wanting us to experience, and if we're not careful, God's people even will be looking for that next thing, that next thing to bring satisfaction to their life when God is saying, am I not enough for you? And there's nothing wrong with desiring things, 
But when they come to the place as in, in this man's life was, was where he was trying to find the joy of life, it was in vain. You see, my friends, we need to take a lesson from that. We need to take a lesson that God in himself satisfies my every single need. And, and I need to come to the conclusion, church, that right now, if there is something that I'm wanting and I haven't received it yet, I need to trust in the loving shepherd and knowing that now's not the time. And perhaps for whatever reason, my good shepherd who sees everything is realizing that now is not the time. And I need to trust him for that. Number one, he satisfies the sheep. Are you satisfied this morning? Where's your heart today? Are you anxious about things? Are you are you looking for more in life? Other than Jesus Christ and all his glory I tell you, the good shepherd will satisfy your soul if you will come to him and just say, Lord, everything I have is yours. I trust your care. I trust your provisions. I trust what you're doing in my life. I trust you with these trials. I trust you with this. And that, my friends, is where you will be satisfied. But notice with me, number two, we find in verse two is that he calms the sheep. He calms the sheep. The Bible says As David was given this parallel, the shepherd's heart, he says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Well, see, you you understand the shepherd here is responsible for keeping the sheep calm. He does this by training them to rest in green pastures and guides them to still waters. You see... You, some of you may have more knowledge than me according to the needs of sheep and, and, uh, and what a shepherd does. But from what I understand is that sheep are very anxious animals. They're very, uh, skittish and, uh, they actually, it is, it is common and noted with shepherds that there are certain sheep that actually uh, do not grow wool, they lose weight, and they have pr- uh, health problems because the sheep struggle with anxiety. And so we see here that the, the, this shepherd of ours, ours knows how to calm us. And we see that because he cares about us. And he leads into green pastures and still waters. And, and I want to say that Jesus is leading us daily to rest in him. Not in our circumstances. Just had a situation yesterday where uh, it was a lesson learned from several angles. <laughs> I, um, I, you know, Thomas is getting to the age where he he really loves helping me around the yard, and I love that. And uh, he'll be he'll be turning eight in uh, November, so I mean he's he's getting the hang of things. So he's been helping me cut grass recently, and. Um, <clears throat> And he's done a great job, in fact. He's, he's just done wonderful. And even though he has to pretty much stretch him, his whole self out to push the clutch down and to change gears and then pop back up. But it, he does a pretty good job and, and uh, thankful for it. Well, yesterday uh, there was a, a, an event that happened, a situation that happened where he made a mistake. And um, he didn't see it. It's my fault, too. I should have I, I, I took accountability as well. 
that uh, I should have had him do a walk through of the yard because we've talked about picking up things and and uh, being careful in that way. And he even did some of that today. But this one he didn't see because the the garden hose was green and it was a and it was an old green hose. So it had some black on it as well. Uh, and uh, and so it blended in real well with the grass. Well, I didn't know what was going on. I was just I was weed eating. And again, it was a huge help because he's cutting the grass while I'm weed eating and. And uh, but he comes up to me with a little concerned look on his face. And so I turned the weed eater off. So what's going on? He said, uh, I need you to come here. I was like, you need. OK, so first thing in my mind, oh, man, what's happened now? And uh, there's no telling. I say he just, something's happened to the lawnmower. So he comes over and he says, I, I ran over something. And sure enough, he ran right over the, the garden hose that got tangled all up underneath the 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 ride mower and um and so you know by the grace of god i was uh, able to remain calm and uh and and but i'm not kidding about this by the grace of god and and i and i give god the glory for this i don't know if it's because i've been listening to a lot of patch the pirate but all i could think to keep from killing him was rejoice in the lord always again i say rejoice <laughs> no i i know i you of course you know i i wouldn't Harm him in public, but, but they say, but, but, no, I, I, I was able to keep my calm and, and, and it was one of those things where, uh, the Lord helped us and Joanna, helped that Joanna was there too and she gave me the look that she would kill me if I killed him and, and, uh, no, I'm kidding, but, but I'll, honestly, it worked out and, and we were to get the, the hose untangled, but, you know, I was really tore up about it at first. Afterwards, I'm just thinking, oh man, his lawnmower wasn't quite working the way it should be and I think it'll be a minor fix, but anyway, we're, we're gonna get that settled, but, you know, the Lord reminded me and and after you know kind of stewing over it for the next couple hours doing work in the yard and just brought me to the place that says you know what Brinson don't let don't let your joy and your contentment be wrapped up in a lawnmower and a lot of things that are in your life right now my friends I'm afraid in my life can rob us of just having a calm resting spirit Things that really, honestly, in the light of eternity, in the light of the glory of God, do not matter. And what we need to be thankful for, and I did, I thank God that Thomas was not hurt and, and uh, that it was just a lot more and, and, and different things of that nature, focusing on those things that really do matter. Uh, I, I was reminded uh, that my calmness of spirit comes from just focusing on the Lord and that whatever it is in my life, God cares about me. And God's going to provide that every need that I have. Even if it's, it causes some inconvenience and causes some trouble, whatever the case may be. You know, sheep just have a true propensity to be anxious animals. And, and another reason, the reason that is, is there is an, uh, uh, an instinct that has been given them by God, which can be beneficial but they are animals of prey, as I mentioned last week. So they, they are always on the lookout for that predator that is coming their way. And that's something that we, we keep in mind. In fact, sometimes uh, to the point where sheep, again, become unhealthy animals because they do not get the rest they need. And so what a good shepherd will do, he'll notice those specific sheep that are struggling with resting, sleeping, 
uh, being at ease. And so he has to tend to them in such a way to bring relief. And the shepherd has a calming effect upon these certain sheep. And that's what Jesus Christ is always seeking to do with us. He's always seeking to bring us to that point uh, from anxiety to just rest in him. Rest in the good shepherd. And, and let our hearts and minds be at ease instead of fretting. And truly becoming unhealthy believers. Let me ask a question this morning. What is the difference between being anxious and being vigilant? Because, I mean, we are to be vigilant, right? I mean, we are to be alert. The Bible tells us to be watchful. You know, I get the idea of just being aware of your surroundings and and uh, using that instinct that God has given us through conscience and the Holy Spirit and His Word. We're to be watchful uh, creatures and um, people that are aware and sober-minded. But then, what is the difference between being watchful but then being anxious? Well, this is what I believe. That my opinion is, the difference is, one has their eyes on the shepherd. When I'm being watchful, I want to tell you what I want to keep my eyes on. I want to keep my eyes on the shepherd. Because guess who is responsible for protecting me from the predators? The shepherd. Sheep. They're, they're, hey, they can't defend themselves. They were not made that way. They're defenseless. And you know, so am I against the enemies and of this world and Satan. But I'm telling you what, I have a shepherd who is more powerful than any. He's the chief shepherd. And if I'll keep my eyes on him, that means I can stay close to him. Where's my shepherd? I'm being watchful. I'm going through this life. Where's my shepherd? Am I close to my shepherd? Am I dwelling in his will? Am I seeking constantly to evaluate my own heart? Am I seeking to daily be in the word of God? Am I seeking daily to commune with my shepherd, making sure that I am close with him? My friends, that is how we can remain calm. And that's how we can see the difference between anxious. But to be anxious is the opposite. It's actually having that, that the spirit of anxiety because I'm keeping my eyes on myself. Like this all depends on me. Like I got to work this out. Now we, have a, we have a will, of course, that God will use, but it's a will to trust Him. It's not a will to take things in my own hands and to manipulate it and to work it and go through life uh, being of that spirit. No, we don't want to be dependent upon self. We want to be dependent upon the Lord. You see, there is great joy in resting in Christ. Listen to this scientific uh Fact here, uh, and, and it's just mind-boggling, and I, I've never experienced this. I'm taking this person's word for it. If you want to do the research on it to see if it's true, that's great. But I tell you what, it's pretty amazing. It says here, if a dense fog covered a seven-block area 100 feet deep, okay? A dense fog covering a seven-block area 100 feet deep, it would be composed of less than one full glass of water divided into 60 million tiny drops. Yet that one glass of water could cripple an entire city. 
And there are some things in our lives that are very small and insignificant in the light of God's goodness and His greatness and what He's doing in our life. But what it ends up doing is it cripples us from being effective. And it's and it shuts us down. And God's saying, no, you give that to me. You trust that I am the good shepherd. I am watching over you. And God is telling us this morning, church, I am responsible for you. Can you trust me? Am I good enough? Am I great enough? I laid my life down on Calvary. May I not freely give you all things? That's the heart of our shepherd. I thank God for that. You see, Philip Keller, who was once a shepherd, wrote a few things, factors about what prevent sheep from resting and, and, you know, and again, that's the context of here. The shepherd leads the sheep to lie down in green pastures. He gives them that security and that rest. He brings them up by the still waters of life because sheep will not drink from a rushing water that's making noise that way. So he finds the still water, the quiet water. And we find that in Christ again. That is what we see here. But he noticed that in his experience, there are four things that 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 rob the sheep from resting. He said the first one was fear. He said the second one was friction. He said, believe it or not, he said in a and in, in, you with a uh, sheepfold and, and with all the different sheep you have, you have different personalities just like here today. And he said what you will find often is that there will be friction. There will be personality differences. And he says what it comes down to, believe it or not, with sheep, there's power struggles. One wants to be higher than the other. There's jealousy. There's envy. Uh, there's friction there. And he says that will rob you of resting as God intends you to rest. And so the, the shepherd has to deal with that. But you know one thing he noticed as a shepherd, he said, what would solve that problem when, when to keep those sheep from the power struggles and the friction in between them? He said it was amazing. He said it would not happen as long as the shepherd was present. There was an instinct in them that, hey, he's the authority. He's the one in charge. He's taking care of us and the friction would be taken away. And my friends, I'm telling you right now, make the application when Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd, is in the center of our lives, if he's in the center of this church, if he's in the center of your family, it will the, the friction will dissipate. It will go away, keeping Christ the center of your life. Because the shepherd gives the presence there of authority, of, of, of the one who is in charge, the one who is providing. And my friends, we have to see quickly, that that will do it. He said the other one was not only fear and friction, but it was food. He said, believe it or not, sheep will not rest well unless they have eaten well. And uh, we're more like sheep than we think, are we not? I mean, how many of you are uh, known for every once in a while having a midnight snack? Don't raise your hand. I've never been there. I've recently experienced that. I've tried to cut back a little bit and and uh, and boy, there's some nights that I've tried. I've woke up in the middle of the night, two or three in the morning, and I am just hungry. You said, what did you do? I went to the kitchen and ate. (laughs) 
Sometimes it might have been a granola bar. Sometimes it, I did something weird the other day. I ate some uh, handfuls of cereal and just chased it down with some milk. That was kind of different. I'm not pouring a bowl, Brinson. And then there's time where there's cookies. And then there's other time where there's cookies. But, you know, we do. We, we have to uh, realize that. And he's, he noticed that, man, if, they, if they're not eating well, they're not going to rest well. And, you know, church, please let me encourage you. I hope you are eating well as a as, as a sheep, as a believer, as a follower of Christ. I hope you're in the word of God. I hope you're feeding yourself the Word of God. I hope you're coming to Sunday school and and coming to the preaching services and and those opportunities for Bible study where your soul can be fed. And you can meditate on the Word of God, not just to be doing something mechanical and going through some religious ritual and checking off a list, but no, letting the Word of God get in you and nourish you to help you and to encourage you in your walk with Christ. And he said another one as a shepherd that he noticed that would keep the sheep from resting were flies. He said flies would crawl up into the nose and uh, cause infections in the sheep. And then, then they would indeed not rest well at all. He said it caused a multitude of problems. So the sheep had to often go and, and to evaluate. I mean, the shepherd had to go often to evaluate the sheep. And sometimes he would have to get real close to move, maneuver their heads, to get a closer look, sometimes to lift their wool and, and, and get a greater look into what was going on. And do you know that is what the Holy Spirit of God is doing daily? He is bringing an evaluation to our lives. Where are you spiritually? Who are you hanging out with? What are you watching? Where are you spending your time? Where is the peace of God? Are you reading your Bible? Are you are you having even a desire to walk with God? And there's a there's a constant evaluation because what happens is we get flies in our life that bring infection. And thank God we have a good shepherd who doesn't just leave us alone and let the flies have a heyday. No, he comes after us. And my friend, mark it down right now. If you are a a sheep of the master of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is going to follow you everywhere you go and follow me everywhere we go. If you're getting away, he's going to come after you because he is a loving shepherd. My friends, we see what we need to do here. Psalm 37, 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. My friends, I'm talking to a group of people here, and I'm encouraging you, please don't look to the world for your rest. People are looking to the, uh, to the culture today, uh, to whatever the culture is offering. That's where we're going to find rest. That's where we're going to find freedom. That's what they're telling us. But the Bible says opposite. It says, don't fret because of the world prospering in their freedom. That is indeed a lie. Because the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. We rest in the Lord. Because that's where the pure rest is. Philippians 4.9. We see Paul said those things which ye have both learned and received. And heard and seen in me. Do. And the peace. The God of peace shall be with you. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. 
You know, I right after that incident happened yesterday, I had one of my children come up to me and they were giving a protest about what one of the other kids had done in there during the process of playing games. And I was already kind of shook up. And I, by the grace of God, I just took a deep breath and I just said, honey, really, what we need to do right now is we just need to be thankful. That's all I could think of to say. I don't know if it made sense, but I think it did because the child just said, okay. And they turned around and went back the other way. It's like dad's losing his mind. But you know, that will solve a lot of our problems when it comes to anxiety. Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Says, let the peace of God rule. Let it umpire your heart. And be thankful. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 says, Now the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, my friends, the Word of God is clear. A rest is found in Christ. Listen, He knows where the green pastures are. You don't. I don't. He knows where the still waters are. You don't. And I don't. So what do we need to do? We need to stay close to the shepherd. Old songwriter penned these words when he was going through just an awful, awful time in life. Everything was going against him. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like God was so distant that he was just galaxies away? Have you ever felt where you believed in theory that God was near, but you just didn't sense God's presence in your life because of the circumstances that had invaded your life and you just felt almost if Jesus didn't care. I think if we're all honest, we've been in those seasons of life before. And this man was no exception and he penned these words of this great hymn. He says... Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into the deep night shades, does he care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When for my deep grief I find no relief, though my tears flow all the night long? Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks. Is it all to Him? Does He see? And this great songwriter wrote in the chorus, The answer to all of those questions. He penned this. Oh yes. He cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary. The long nights dreary. I know my Savior cares. 
And my friend, let that great doctrine of that truth resonate in your heart, even this morning, that Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd, cares. He satisfies and he calms. Would you pray with me?